Vern, when was the last time you bought a pair of shoes? Oh, man. Jeez, uh, I have to say, probably, like, yeah, a month ago, over at the Girdle Goodwill <laughs> is where I bought these shoes. You bought? <laughs> okay. Yeah. All right. Are they, um, are they, like, uh, running shoes, tennis shoes? Like, what kind of shoes are they? They're, they're black. They're Reeboks. Reeboks. Okay. They're comfortable. I bought them for six ninety nine. Oh, really? Okay. Now... This wasn't the topic I had at hand, but I have to ask. Do you buy, like, a lot of stuff, like clothes and stuff at Goodwill or no? Well, not just Goodwill, but, yeah, Thrift Marts. All right. Yeah. So you're, so you're a thrifter, is that what you're telling me? Well, well maybe that or Target. Maybe if I really want to okay. splurge, I'd right. go to Target or maybe a, a Walmart. <laughs> that's, when I, that's when I feel like, like super rich is when I grow up to those places. High-end stuff like Dayton's or... Macy's, which are not around anymore. That's like a once in a few years when I buy stuff at Dayton's or Sears because, you know, hey, they have a deal or a sale going on and then I'll buy stuff there. But not shoes. I haven't bought any new shoes for like a while. Okay. So the reason I ask is because I just bought some shoes recently and they're Vans. Oh, Vans. Yeah, they're really – they are super nice. nice. They, they are really nice. I really like them. But my problem with them is that the soles are very, very thin. And it feels like when I wear them, I'm wearing like no, no, no shoe at all. Like I'm walking around <laughs> in my bare feet. So when I'm like walking around outside, I'm feeling like every like pebble and gravel and and crack in the sidewalk and everything. And I don't understand like the appeal to make soles that thin. Like who's asking for like very thin like soles in their shoes? Like yeah, I want to walk around like I'm barefoot. I want I want to feel every nook and cranny on the sidewalk in this well, paved lot. And you know, but like you know, cement. Like you know, when I walk around <laughs> cement, like. Like, like, hey, I want to feel that. Like, like I don't get. It's got It's that people those cats that maybe don't have the beach or sand <clears throat> around them because, um, you know, I know you live like you know in, in uh, Indiana right there, and I live in Minnesota, yeah. so yeah. I don't get a chance to go to the beach much. Uh-huh. So every time I do get a chance to go to a beach lake environment, it's kind of cool to wear like shoes where you actually can feel the sand and gravel near feet. And yeah, but no, but then I could I could just get sandals. I don't I don't want to buy like seventy five you know seventy five dollars shoes that just, you know supposed to cover my whole foot, and then I get to feel like everything on the bottom of my feet. Like that's just crazy. <laughs> but you want. But you want the protection on your toes because it gets cold. Yeah, I guess. That's one thing I guess, think of. It gets but, cold on your feet. Okay, and I also – well, I primarily bought these for work shoes like because, like, my policy at my job changed. So, like, instead of just wearing, like, black standard work shoes, we can literally wear anything as long as it's a closed toe. Like, we can wear boots. We can wear sneakers, tennis shoes, colorful Jordans. We can even wear Yeezys if you were so inclined. Um but Yeezys. Uh, do you not know what a Yeezy is? That's a Yeezy. It sounds like some sort of disease you catch. <laughs> no, they're the shoes that Kanye West makes. They're like nine hundred dollars. They're very expensive <laughs> and fancy. Um, no, but um, so uh, I had the shoes from the old policy, and when they changed this, they changed this like a few months ago, like before summer. And so the more, like, we're getting towards winter, like you said, I'm like, okay, I need to get new shoes because these shoes are getting worn out. So I went to buy new shoes, 
and uh, we went to Vans because uh, they had a sale. And uh, my fiance, she found some shoes she wanted, and they had like a buy one get one free or something, or half half off or something like that. And so um, I found some that I liked, and so I tried them on, and I kind of I did notice like they were the soles were thin then, but I thought, well, maybe I can get used to it. But no, it's been like four days, and I'm not used to these. Like I I literally feel like I'm walking around barefoot, and I'm wearing socks too. On top of that, it's like somehow the shoe has found a way to make the sock invisible, and so now I'm just walking around <laughs> barefoot. And now I now I know what hippies are like, which is weird because they're so like laid back and cool all the time, uh, but they're walking around barefoot like how can you walk around barefoot and be so cool and chill whereas i'm actually wearing shoes and i'm like irritated all the time because you live in fucking indiana it's cold okay people that the hippie cool hippies they live in california where it's like 70 degrees 80, 80 degree weather practically all the time if you had that going on you would not mind being barefoot you look down and you'd be like oh my gosh dude i got a shoe and then tomorrow, like, dude, where's my shoe? It's so good. No worries, man. Dude, I, I got a shoe. Sun's up. Don't worry about it. <laughs> the shoe will come tomorrow, man. Don't worry about anything. You get another shoe. It's it's L.A., all right? Shoes just jump out of the sky, man. And that's most likely would happen. Now, I'm not just talking about California, but I'm talking about any other climate weather where it's practically a warm temperature all the time is what I'm just guessing for that. Um, but don't worry about the lesson you want to learn from this, Jason, is that there will always be another shoe. All right. Well, whatever. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Whatever with Jason Soto. Uh, today's episode, it is episode one of Whatever. This is a uh, comedy podcast where we literally just talk about whatever. Uh, I am your host, Jason Soto, and joining me today is my special guest host. Uh, you might know him from the website Cinema Recall, and you can find him on Twitter at Cinema underscore Recall. Uh, he goes by the name The Vern. Vern, how are you, my pal? Uh, pretty good. I would say, yes, thank you for inviting me on this debut episode of Whatever. And speaking about Whatever, I'm joined by a favorite tasty cocktail of mine, <laughs> a little, uh, mango strawberry orange juice with tequila. It which should, is it should go without saying that I don't require all my guests to drink. It just seems to happen whenever I host a podcast. People seem to want to come on my shows as blitzed drunk out of their mind as possible. I'm not That's blitzed either, out of my it's, it's either because I know a bunch of alcoholics or pe- being around me makes people want to drink. I have yet hey, to hey, figure hey, that hey. out. I have yet to figure that out yet. No, no, no. Dude, I'm a writer, okay? <laughs> Good way- so am I. <laughs> I, well, there you go. <laughs> Good waiters drink. All right? It's a fact. 
All right. Okay. We live. All right. All right. Well, then I must know a lot of writers because every time I get somebody on the show, they just want to be drunk out of their mind. So, okay. So on today's episode, uh, we are going to uh, talk about the Joker movie. We are going to figure out our movies a little too woke. Uh, and then we're going to start celebrating the uh, Halloween season uh, as we talk about some creepy urban legends. Ooh, spooky. Uh, but first, um, if you are a follower of mine, all seven of you, um, you might notice that this is literally the fourth podcast I've started. <laughs> um my first, my first podcast. Well, actually, my first exposure to podcast uh, was one called the Lambcast, which is the official podcast for the large association of movie blogs. And uh, way the hell back, in, back in like two thousand nine, um, then founder of the Lamb, Dylan Field, started this podcast called the Lambcast, and he asked people for guests, and I, he asked me, and I said sure. And that Jason, was. And, I asked you, buddy, what what was the episode that you busted your cherry on for the Lamb um, cast? Funny you ask. It was about zombie movies. Um, nice. Okay. He had he had me and Nick Job and some other guy that I don't remember. I think we didn't became friends after that. Uh, it was like me and three other people were on uh, talking about just zombie movies in general. What makes zombie movies a zombie movie? And this is kind of what started this whole inside joke about 28 days later being a zombie movie or not. Um, Mm -hmm. which my friend Nick says it's not a zombie movie. And everyone else was like, it is a zombie movie. And then me being the one to stay in the middle, I was like, well, it's kind of both, but I look at more as like a survival movie. Like you're just trying to survive. <laughs> like I kind of get Nick's point, but then I get like everyone else's point, and it's like, yeah, I guess they're technically not zombies, but then they kind of are zombies. I don't know. Um, I thought it was a feel good movie, like the best movie of the year. You wake up and there's like no one around. There's great. There's like no traffic jams. There's no lines of people. Yeah, but then you got when you go to a movie, there's not some idiots talking in the back. You got, but then you got a bunch of like bloodthirsty, like maybe zombies coming after you and trying to kill you. So there's kind of some give and take with that. It's kind of like saying, you know, The Walking Dead is like my ideal like utopia. Like I'd love to live in The Walking Dead because there's no jobs and no money and we live off the land and. Uh, but no, but then we have all these like hordes of like undead like walking around trying to eat us. Like no, that's that's not gonna work for me at all. I'm sorry. It's it, but Jason's not so different having to deal with Trump supporters. <laughs> True, I think uh, I think zombies have a little more brains than Trump supporters do. You got a point. There, but you just live with. See, there you go. And with that comment, I just alienated fifty percent. <laughs> <laughs> of people, so I whatever. I I don't even apologize for that. You're welcome, everybody. <laughs> so anyway, my point being, going back to it, was my history of podcasting was yeah. I was my first was on yeah. the Lambcast, and uh, that was when I found out how fucking easy it is to do podcasts. Like Dylan was like, yeah, I just downloaded this software. You just get Skype and get a bunch of people, and voila, like it's not that hard. And I was like, oh, all right. So then I started a podcast called The Lair of the Unwanted. Um, and I got my friend uh, Nolan to be my co-host. And that was where we talked about bad movies. 
and we did that for nine years. <laughs> um, yes, nine. Straight I was on years. a few of those episodes. You were, were on a lot. You were on a love, lot of love. episodes. Yes. Um, I don't. You know, I don't even know how many you did. I never did go back and count how many you know episodes I, I think, people least, did. You did. You did three. About three. I did. I, yeah. You did three. I felt like it was more. Yeah, about three. Yep. Okay. Really... Maybe in spirit, but I'm pretty sure I was there. Well, okay. Three, there but were... that's all right. Well, but there were good episodes. You were on the last episode, correct? Where we did the rundown. Yes. Okay, yep. so you were there. Um, the and yep. we did a live episode. You were in the chat for that, if I remember correctly. Yep. Um. But yeah, yep. so we did that for nine years, and that was the only podcast I had for those nine years. Now, throughout those nine years, I had other ideas for podcasts, but I never really, you know, did anything with it because I was always busy with my job and my life, and then trying to watch like two to four movies a month for the podcast, and I was running a website on top of that, and you know, just trying to maintain everything. So I just kind of put any other ideas I had to decide. But once uh, me and Nolan came to the agreement that we were kind of getting burnt out, at least on the movie front, because um, my thing of it was just watching the movies. I was getting kind of burnt down on watching movies. That was my thing. Um, and Nolan sort of felt the same way. He said he was just kind of getting tired of like you know watching like the same crap over and over again. And he's like, I really want to just watch a good Godfather just once. I just want to watch the Godfather. <laughs> <laughs> So we, we mutually ended the podcast, um, but then I had a bug, and I was like, I really want to do another podcast. Um, so then I started one about pop culture called Soto Pop, and you were on this episode. You were on this show as well, um, kind of early on, like the second or third oh, yeah. episode, and uh, the whole premise of that was just going to be just, just pop culture, like pop culture news and what was happening that week. And two things happened with that one. One, nobody liked it. Like, not one person said they listened to it or liked it or retweeted it or, like, nothing. It was, like, dead silence on the internet. Like, it was, like, clearly nobody cares about my opinions about, like, who, like, Kim Kardashian is boinking this week or, like, nobody cared. (laughs) (laughs) And then the second thing was it was hard for me to keep up with the news because I started this, this. pod I started this podcast right when all this whole Me Too movement was starting and so it was like every other week some like scumbag was being outed to like being like a sexual predator. <laughs> so it was just very hard to keep up with everything. <laughs> and I was like Got outed or something, yeah. Yeah. And I was like Damn, I cannot keep up with this, and so I just had to. Bail, I like... had to. I had to stop it. I just had to stop. So, um, but then I did kind of start up another one. Uh, this is now my. Th- this is not my third one that I'm talking about here. It's ca- it's called Machete uh, Maniac with the Machete. Um, the idea about this was I wanted to talk about my favorite horror movie franchise, which is Friday the Thirteenth. Um. I grew up watching these movies and I love them and I've seen them nonstop constantly, like almost all the time. And I wanted to get like a fresh perspective on these movies. So I had to find somebody who's never seen the movies and kind of get their take on it. And so I found uh, a friend of mine named Rachel Thoreau, who's a longtime friend of both of us. 
and um and mm-hmm. she she says she's not seen any of the Friday the 13th movies. Like she's seen the first one when she was a kid and that was it. She never seen any of the sequels, not the remake, like none of it. And so she was like the perfect candidate. Um so I was like beautiful. So we started that podcast and we finished season 1 a few weeks ago. And um that leads us to here. <laughs> um I in my life so you're like kind of the break between Yes. Oh. Um, you're like the break. You're the highest moments right now before the other show. I'm like your vacation is what you're saying. Yeah, we could say that. Yeah, we. Um, yeah, we. So when when we stopped, uh, okay. when we when we did the last episode of Maniac with a Machete, um, I, and when I came up with that idea, I only wanted to just do Friday the Thirteenth movies, and that was it. But the more we did it, the more fun we were having. We had a lot of fun together. And so I found out that she never seen the Nightmare on Elm Street movies either. And so I was like, well, that's a perfect, like, segue into, like, the next season. And then we can tie in Freddy vs. Jason into this. Um, So we agreed to do a season two for, you know, me and Nick with the machete. With the names now not going to make sense. But, you know, fuck it. It's my show. I can do whatever I want. I'll name it. I'll name it whatever I want. Well, he doesn't really have machete. Well, Jason... Jason well, can I ask you something here, Jason? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, he did, but let me ask you something, Jason. Are you going to cover Halloween, Michael Myers? No, actually, I'm I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm, probably going to stop Maniac with a Machete after we do Nightmare on Elm Street. So anyway, all this is a roundabout way of just saying that, yes, I'm starting yet another podcast. And this time I want to just let it be literally whatever I want it to be. I don't necessarily want to cover movies. Um... I'll cover some, um, but I do want to just cover everything in the like literally anything in the world, um, whatever it could be. And I also kind of want to do like some fun like sketches in between because you know I always have like sketch ideas that I think are funny, and so I kind of want to utilize that. So that's kind of the whole point of this podcast. This is a comedy podcast. We hope you find it funny. I that's one number one thing. I hope you find it funny. Uh, number two, I hope you find it at least entertaining if you can. Maybe sort of find it funny, at least be entertained. Um, and just let me kind of just take your mind off of stuff for a little while. And I don't think we're going to cover anything like super deep or serious. I mean, maybe we might go there, but I don't plan on it. Um, but, you know, don't expect like, you know, to be, you know, reflecting on my life and looking across the lake. No deep and, thoughts. Yeah, no deep thoughts. Like, Ooh. no, this is all just going to be fun, goofy fun. But I bought my flute. I bought my pan flutes <laughs> and pointy shoes and I, my, my, my harp can and everything. I, can I do like uh, John Belushi and uh, Animal House and break your pan flute against the wall? <laughs> I, but I uh, yes, you can. Yes. Sweet. Thank you. <laughs> I plan on doing that. I will. I will fly out to Indiana just to have you do that. That's the only thing you're going to do. Just give me the pan flute and you're just going to go back. That's all we're going to do. <laughs> That's true. Yep. <laughs> so. Say, hi, Jason. How are you doing? It just comes out and you're just bring some pan flutes, right? And then I just don't leave. <laughs> Deuces. So, okay. Uh, yeah. So that is the topic. That's the whole point of this podcast. So thank you very much for uh, listening to this, joining me on uh, this journey. And uh, we hope you stick around. And, uh, yeah. If you like intelligent and smart movie discussion, bases a zombie movie. 
How did he write a book if he doesn't have an arm? Or want to hear the latest news on your favorite actor? Talk some Julianne Moore, I guess. <laughs> Whales have more films than Zoe Montana. And check out the Lambcast, where no question is too risque. Rachel, do you have a mouth? Check out the Lambcast, the official podcast of the Lamb, the largest association of movie blogs, which can be found at largeassmovieblogs.com. Si habla español. Hola y bienvenido a la <laughs> With that said, let's move on to our first topic here. Uh, Vern, have you seen yes. The Joker yet? I have, yes. All right, what'd you think? Which I really dug it. I did. I, I, was, I was very skeptical going in because it's Todd Phillips, uh-huh. and he's best known for doing the handover movies, so right. I was like... Is he able? To, and then I saw the trailers for it. Is like this? Oh, this would be a much more darker version of the Joker. It's got Joaquin Phoenix in there, and it's like doing its whole Martin Scorsese tribute sort of vibe going on. And so I had kind of mixed feelings about it. The trailer looked really good, but as always, when you see a trailer of a movie, then you see the actual movie. It never quite holds up to what you think it's going to be. But I actually went down, sat down in the theater. And just was very much immersed in the whole thing. And Walking Phoenix did a really good job with it. Um, did we do spoilers way on the show? Okay, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say right now, let's just do spoilers. If you have not seen Joker, A, you're like one of eight people. Yes, okay, yeah. <laughs> or, or, and we're going to get into this. You're one of the people who do not care to see it. And I'm going to get into that. Uh, but we yeah. are going to do spoilers. Uh, so spoilers will begin now. Okay, Go for so like it. the whole thing, the whole thing about having it being connected with like Batman and showing the origin of Bruce Wayne's parents, I didn't really need to see that. Okay, but it was kind of it made sense a little bit. Well, okay, let's talk about that. So when I was watching it, and I, mm-hmm. I, I loved, it. I fucking loved it. Like seriously, I think this is like gonna be my number one movie of the year. Like I'm not even exaggerating. Like if I, if I, if I don't. Oh, I don't me. see. I don't see a whole lot of movies in theater. I mainly only see the Marvel movies in theaters, and that's about it. Um, but uh, this will probably be like my number one movie. I really fucking love this movie, and I really want to see it again. Like I, I don't. I want to see it in the theaters again because I just want to see it again that badly. I don't know if I can wait for the video. Um, but uh, that said, as I was watching it. Um, I kept waiting for the the parents, at least Thomas Wayne, to you know die, um, and I, I was expecting them to do it in the movie. I I knew that for sure they were going to show it. Um, it just seemed like you know the most obvious thing, knowing what we know about the Joker and that he did have uh, you know a hand in you know making you know creating Batman um, by you know either. Depending on what version you watch or comic you read, either he directly killed the parents or, uh, you know, was the cause of it. And in this movie, he was just the cause of it. It was some random guy, you know, killed the parents. And I kept waiting for it. I was, like, thinking – because there was that scene where he went to um, – where uh where Joker uh, you know Arthur uh, Fleck he went to the theater to confront Thomas Wayne about you know being his dad and yeah. he did in the bathroom I kept thinking that was the point where he was going to get killed <laughs> I kind of um, thought that a little bit too because they I'm were kinda... in a the theater and I'm like well yeah. they're in a the theater so this is where he's going to get killed but no it happened at the end and then people kept reminding me oh they went to go see a Zorro movie before they got killed 
And because this took place in the 80s, they had to go see Zorro, the game I played with, <laughs> with George <laughs> Hamilton, which I think is hilarious. Um, but uh, so what do you think about the, the statement that Todd Phillips made about how he feels like he can't do comedies anymore uh, because people uh, are easily uh, too offended? You know, I agree to a certain point of that. Yes, I feel like people are too offended by certain things. But at the same time, offensive humor is kind of what helps shapes us. We can actually learn from offensive humor. We can actually have conversations. I mean, without offensive humor, there would be no Richard Pryor or George Carlin. Um, These really great tie-ins of no Sam Kinison. Like, these really great because they um, took uncomfortable topics and put – humor to it so that we could have a conversation about those topics that made us feel uncomfortable. And it's okay to laugh at things. I mean, humor is a great sort of like icebreaker to help bring people together a little bit and and show that we're all the same in this crazy world and a bunch of crazy things are happening, you know. And I feel like now and now with – social media and things just were getting separated more and more and I just want us to be able to laugh at ourselves. I mean, that's one thing I learned from growing up is just you just gotta learn to just laugh at things. Laugh at the mistakes you make. Um, just have a sense of humor and it's okay to laugh at weird best stuff. Like I had a conversation with one of my friends on Facebook, and she was talking about, like, movies that she used to like when she was a kid. She has a hard time watching them now because they might seem problematic, especially a lot of, like, movies from the 80s, like Sixteen Candles, uh, Revenge of the Nerds, a lot of, like, trauma stuff back then because they had scenes of, you know, um, you know like, homophobia, yeah. and there's, you know, how different races were betrayed and there, and they were made to look stereotypical and bad. And I'm like, well, it's okay to still like those movies and just address that there are problems with it so we can kind of learn from it. Like, I don't want some studio to go through each movie and change certain things to make it more acceptable. We should be able to look at those movies from the past and kind of learn from them and be better people. But we can still kind of laugh at stuff that happened back then. And I know I'm probably going to like alienate some people for saying this, but I kind of – I'm still going to watch you know, old movies that probably do have a lot of like bad stereotypes because I'm not – I know for a fact that's not the actual stereotype. Because it's a work of fiction. It's a fictional movie with fictional characters. It's a work of fiction. It's a fantasy movie. It's it's just it's fantasy. It's not meant to be. I hope you're not taking what's happening in a fictional movie into your real life. You should not do that. Most people with common sense do not watch a fictional fantasy movie with fictional characters and want to try to recreate the whole thing. You don't watch fucking Lord of the Rings and want to. Go with your friends barefoot to go return like a piece of tin foil to some sort of like fire or whatever. You you know okay. I don't know. All right, so okay, so kind of bringing that point up here. So I do I did have 
a few friends who say they will flat out refuse to watch the movie because they feel like um, the movie uh, portrays, and this is them quoting, I, I, don't, right. I don't feel this way, this is them quoting, saying that they don't feel like watching yet another movie about a poor white guy who gets beat up by society, so then he has to go crazy uh, because poor him, boo-hoo him. And my thoughts on that were, A, if you actually watch the movie, you kind of find out that's not 100% true. Like, yeah, he got beat up by society, um, but he didn't go. I don't think he went crazy because of society because he was already crazy at the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. it was a well-established. He had severe mental problems at the start. Like, it wasn't even. He, from, his, from his mother. <laughs> I mean, from growing up with his mother, he had right. a very. It ended up being his about his family. Like, his mom is the one that made him crazy. But they were going off the trailer where, you know, it showed him, like, you know, holding the sign. Then he gets, you know, the sign stolen and beat up in the alley. And then the guys in the subway, like, you know, making fun of him. Uh, you know, they, they show that. And then it goes Joker. And then he's the Joker. And then people are like, oh, well, obviously he was just standard, typical, poor. And they keep wanting to say white guy. Um who, you know, gets bullied by society and now he has to become a violent criminal who has to kill because he feels like society owes him and, oh, woe is me and stuff. And that aggravates me to no end um, because if they just watched the movie, they'd understand what it was really about, which was how mentally ill people were treated, especially in the eighties. Cause I don't know if you, mm-hmm. if you knew this Fern or if anyone listening out there knew this, but like in the eighties, there was this rash epidemic of uh, mentally ill people being forced to leave hospitals because they were closing because Reagan closed a lot of all these hospitals. And so they had nowhere to go. So they were homeless. And so a lot of the homeless, you know, rose in the eighties because of that. And so I think this movie did a really good job, you know, tackling that. And it really made me feel kind of for this guy, even though he's a fucking crazy lunatic who what? ends up being like one of the most famous like criminal masterminds of all yeah. time. But I like I felt for him for, you know, and it was weird that, you know, he, you know, both Joaquin Phoenix and Todd Phillips, who co-wrote the script, uh, made me feel this way about the fucking Joker. <laughs> because he could be you he could be anyone because we all had our bad days and i remember doing a review of this for cinema retail not too long ago and i mentioned on there that the joker probably upsets people because we see ourselves in that character and we don't want to admit that we could be that character because like joker said as all it takes is just one bad day. Yeah. You know, like you lose your keys, uh, therefore you're late for work, you lose your job, you lose your job, therefore you lose your girl, you lose your girl, then, you know, you lose your house. Things can spiral that way. We don't really expect it to happen, but it can happen. Yeah. And most people don't. And plus, you add that in there, like a bad day, plus his uh, mental condition. Things can turn to spiral more and more, and I never thought of Joker as being, like, a violent person. I know he had very much violent tendencies going on, but what happens at the train with the three douchebags, yeah, yeah, I can (laughs) totally – with someone with that type of mindset, 
yeah, it could be really easy for something just to get set off that way. That's what's really kind of scary just because how easy it is to have something go off. Like, there was an incident with me on a train. Yeah. And there were these, these, these three guys kind of barging this one other guy at the bus stop, and they were just getting drunk and rowdy and whatnot. And all they wanted to do was just go home and not deal with it. And they were just kind of taunting him. And it, has, it didn't get really any physical just yet. They were just kind of taunting them. So I'm just kind of just watching it happen. And it was getting to be that bowling point where I was going to just stand up and be like, all right. Shut the fuck up! I want to go home. All right, I don't give a shit. You and there were there were young kids, you know, and they were they were black young. And I was not yelling at them because they were black. I was yelling at yeah, them yeah, because yeah. they were teenagers. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I gotcha. and I was like, "Look, you young kids, you whippersnappers, get off my lawn! Um, <laughs> get off my but, lawn on this train!" <laughs> yeah, no, I'm like, I, I just got done with work. I was working on a late shift. I right, just right. want to go home. But is that type of boiling point where? I, it maybe something could have exploded. Maybe one of them had a gun. So like, I don't know. I mean, but things could have exploded to yeah. a violent death. So it's really easy. No, I suppose you never know. For, like you know, stuff like that. You never know. Like you know, someone could be packing heat, and then maybe hmm. yeah, you just never know. Um, I'm not saying that all young black men yeah, are packing, yes, yes. but teenagers are. Okay, so I'm teenagers, saying teenagers. Some teenagers are douchebags. So yes. okay, so going back to the Todd Phillips uh, thing, so his exact quote is um, this: uh, "Go try to be funny nowadays with this woke culture." There were articles written about why comedies don't work anymore. I'll tell you why: because all the fucking funny guys are like, "Fuck this shit," because I don't want to offend you. Now that got a lot of people irate, and people were angry because because um, he oh, let him be irate. He's, he's, Fine. He's, He's known for making very raunchy comedies like The Hangover. Sure. Uh, you know, are very raunchy comedies. He uh, he also did Old School, which, you know, super raunchy. I've not seen War Dogs. They list War Dogs in this article for some reason. But um, but um, I, to an extent, to a ex- certain extent, agree with him. And I agree with him because of my favorite comedian, Patton Oswalt. Okay. Um, Patton Oswalt had a bit like years ago, like maybe 10 years ago, um, where he uh, was talking about uh, the uh, gay pride parades uh, happening all around the country. And he says he wants to see – and, okay, I'm going to – God, see, I hate this society because now no, I have to no, – I have to – No, don't, don't do <laughs> okay. that. All right, fine, Just fine. say it how okay. Pat Knowles once said it, so okay? So he says he wants to see a retarded gay pride parade because he thinks that there has to be some gay retarded people. Uh, and so he wonders, like, what their chant would be, and it would be like, we're here, we're queer, apples. Like, <laughs> like that was the bit. Like I'm paraphrasing. Okay. He does it. He does it okay. a lot more funnier than I do. But I, okay. I'm paraphrasing. So he then said on Twitter like a year ago that he regrets that bit <clears throat> and he won't do it again, like ever again in the future. And I think that bums me out because it it's really hilarious when you hear him say it. And I think it's a, such a funny idea, like what he said. Um, and we're, we're kind of going to what, you know, Todd Phillips says here is that, like, now we can't say, you know, anything that might be taking offense because people are going to be upset. And I think that's bullshit. I think we should let 
comedy be comedy and it's comedy because we're making fun of these um you know kind of uh you know things that aren't funny like you know there's a certain there's a line of course you can you know take it you know like it's probably terrible to joke about rape and death and stuff but you know that's what makes dark comedies work in that dark comedies always focus on people getting raped or killed but they make it funny um so I don't think I I, I kind of agree that I think comedy should like just be whatever and it's fine to you know it's okay to not find it funny it's perfectly fine. Um, comedy should be like genres of music. Not everybody's going to like certain comedy acts. <clears throat> just like no one's going to like certain musical act or music acts. Like I'm not really a big fan of like most of the pop music nowadays, but people like that. Yeah, you know. I, I'm more into like uh, more indie, punk, rock, electronic, that type of thing. Um, but same thing like you know comedian comedian acts because there's going to be some people that don't like Patton Oswalt and some people that do. And I don't think that if you're a comedian, you should have to bring your words out to a broad audience. Yeah. Because that's what I feel like this kind of happened now with comedians is that they want to try to appease to a, a larger demographic. I want comedians that kind of just speak for themselves and just kind of like just do what they think is funny. And if it works, it works great. If it doesn't work, okay, whatever. But just I don't want people to like change. You know, like how would I feel if like if George Carlin had to change his acts, right? Because like if he, of our culture if, today, you know, or Bill Hicks <clears throat> or um, Sarah Silverman. Okay, and, so here's one I was gonna bring up was Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. Andrew Dice Clay, believe it or not, was huge in the. Oh. 80s and early 90s and his whole stick was being as fucking offensive as possible <laughs> like he he joked about like fucking girls left and right and you oh know, he was racist he was homophobic yeah, misogynistic exactly but here's the thing too jason with uh andrew Dice clay is that he his persona of that sort of like douche paid macho asshole it looked like a a joke character like his character being that way of being that macho asshole douche bay guy whatnot there okay that was the joke right okay but but can't do you think like tomorrow let's say tomorrow i went out and invented a character like andrew dice clay and i said stuff like yo i went and fucked this black broad yesterday and then she ate a watermelon oh like do you think like people would be like Yay, this guy's funny, or do you think I would be, like, shamed to death? It kind of depends on where you put that character. If you made the character, you could probably have the character say, like, horrible, racist, misogynistic, homophobic things. If you let the character, if you let the audience know that your character is this really kind of pathetic person, like... (laughs) I don't know. Take, take, okay, it's 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 a hard thing to do, but um, do you remember the movie American Psycho? Yes. I know you covered it. Okay. Yes. So, in that movie, Patrick Bateman is really kind of a pathetic character, but yeah. he sees himself as being this really suave guy and everything. But there's that sequence where he gets really intimidated when he has a conversation with one of his gay coworkers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all set to kill him. And suddenly, because his gay coworker 
turns his, his attractions on him. He just gets all flustered and nervous and doesn't know what to do. You know, um, he's not a confident guy. He can't really talk to girls unless he's talking about his money or his wealth status or something like that. Yeah. So Patrick Bateman, in a way, is a comedic character okay. in a sense. I guess, and, yeah, I guess. But if you I, but want to look people, at it a certain way, sure. Yeah, but, but most people probably won't see it that way. They'll just see him as just being, you know, this type of character. And that brings me back to the Joker and what he says. He says comedy is subjective. Yeah. And what some people may find funny is uh, – now, what other people find funny is the same thing like with Beavis and Butthead. I find Beavis and Butthead to be very funny. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I understand how a lot of people would not see them as funny. I see them as funny because they're kind of like commenting on society and through you know the use of like pop culture and statements like that. And same thing can kind of be said for Andrew Dice Clay, uh, who actually has turned up in a lot of big movies. He was in A Star Is Born. Yeah, he's kind of had a weird comeback. Yeah, he was in a well. His comeback is more like. The guy playing Andrew Dice Clay is now, you know, he's playing himself, has, you know, realizing, you know, Andrew Dice Clay, the character Andrew Dice Clay was, you know, this, like, terrible person. Like, he's got a show on Showtime called Dice, and it's supposed to be kind of like, um, you know, like uh, Marin or, uh, sorry to bring this up, but Louis C.K. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, their show, like, you know, he's just trying to do that. Um, but yeah, he has been yeah, coming like a weird like comeback lately where he's showing up like in random things. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, so do do you think that possibly we might have gone too far and being too woke, and maybe we need to scale it back a little bit? Cause I cause you know I don't want to be one of those ones who's like I'm offended at everything and and also I don't want to be I'm tired of people who's offended at everything. Like I understand there should be a line drawn of what you should find funny and not funny. And we should try to be respectful to people in general, you know, no matter what, like sex and race and sexuality and whatever. But at the same time, I think taboo things is funny. And I think stuff you shouldn't be joking about can be funny if it is done right. If you're you're trying to just – offend like Andrew Dice Clay, then you're probably going to fall flat. You mm-hmm. might you might find an audience, but you're probably going to fall flat. But, you know, um, George Carlin, back in the 70s, it was really, like, taboo to cut, like, curse a lot. Um, but he had a whole bit about the seven curse words you can't say on television, and it was, like, one of his famous bits. <laughs> oh, he had a thing, too, about how language changes throughout the years. He had a statement about rape, he said, and I'm paraphrasing this right now. He said, you can't joke about rape. Rape isn't funny. I said, oh, yeah? Picture uh, Elmer Fudd. No, picture Porky Pig raping <laughs> Elmer Fudd. Yeah, I remember that bit. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So stuff like it's that. The, it's, it's the exaggeration of the words. It's how you exaggerate things, all right? It's yeah. just it's just language. It's, it's just words. Words, you know, so the whole thing with Pat Oswald saying the thing about you know a uh, a gay mentally handicapped slash retarded uh, pride parade, yeah, yeah. it's just one of those like absurd things, you know. You just would never hear about it, right? right? I, mean, I could probably say something like, "Why don't we do a thing about uh, maybe a gay cartoon character parade or something like that?" I don't know, <laughs> or just something. I'm not as a good comedic writer as Pat Oswalt is. No, so I, yeah. 
now it's fitted a whole bunch of gay cartoon characters now, so I apologize. Yeah, good job. But I, for... I support you. I know I'm a big supporter of gay cartoon characters, so. We now take you to Netflix headquarters where the head of development is talking to one of their freelance writers, Vern, and coming up with a new show. Hey, uh, thanks for uh, coming to this meeting, Vern. I really enjoyed your script for A Chelsea Handler Christmas. Hey, no problem. How can I help you? So we want to bring back Saturday morning cartoons since everyone is on this nostalgia wave. Uh, we're going to have a lineup of old-school cartoons that's going to lo- uh, go live every Saturday morning at around 8 a.m. And I want you to write a G.I. Joe reboot. Oh, awesome. I, I love G.I. Joe. Great American hero. I'll something for you by the end of the week. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. I got some ideas that I want you to incorporate. Um, okay. First off... Thanks to the SJW crowd, we have to turn the main characters into women. If the focus isn't women, then feminists will tear you apart on Twitter. So change the gender. And instead of G.I. Joe, call it G.I. Jane. Wait, G.I. Jane? Uh, wasn't there a movie with Demi Moore in there? What? They already made an all-female G.I. Joe? God damn it, somebody stole our idea. I'll sue this. Lemmy Moore, you say? For copyright infringement. No, 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 it's Demi Moore, and you have the copyright on G.I. Joe already? Not yet, but when we do, we'll sue the pants off this Hemi. Now, the other characters, uh, you also have to make them different races. So you gotta have a black one who's all sassy and doesn't take any shit. Uh, you gotta have an Asian one, voiced by Scarlett Johansson, uh, who knows martial arts. And I mean all of the martial arts. Karate, jujitsu, yoga, whatever. And most importantly, have a handicap one in a wheelchair that's rocket powered. And when she fights, she just rolls over their feet. But she does it quickly. It hurts when that happens, trust me. Um so the villain is a woman and No 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 no, no, no. the villain oh. has to be a man. Women hate men nowadays, and this will give them someone to cheer when G.I. Jane is kicking Manny McMahon in the nuts. Manny McMahon? Yes, that's the name of the villain. And every week he does something evil, like, I don't know, puts poison in perfume or tries to blow up a Victoria's Secret fashion show. And I have clearance to do a crossover with Buffy the Vampire Slayer, where Manny becomes a vampire for a day and tries to suck virgin women's blood. Make, Make a note of that. Wait, but, um, uh, uh, okay, uh, anything else? Uh, yeah, I need you to come up with a song. I mean, I'm not the musician here. Well, I- I'm not either. But the lyrics have to say something like, 
G.I. Jane, fighting men everywhere. G.I. Jane, punching men in the nuts. G.I. Jane, look, she's shaving her head. G.I. Jane, people say she can't do it because she's a woman. Uh, that's the plot of G.I. Jane. I know, I just gave that to you. Now go, work on this. We need this ready by Saturday. You want me to rate anime produce and cast a cartoon in three days time well yeah i mean south park does it in six days we can do it in three here's a check for 18 million dollars go make it work uh sir just wanted to remind you that you have a show to go to tonight uh that's right i scored tickets to see legendary comedian louis ck i have no idea why they were so cheap Fight for freedom wherever there's trouble. G.I. Joe is there. G.I. Joe is there. It's G.I. Joe against Cobra the enemy, fighting to save the day. He never gives up, he's always there, fighting for freedom over land and air. Alright, so one of the things that I'm very passionate about is uh, 90s music. I love me some 90s music. It's kind of all I listen to almost on a daily basis. Um, so each week I want to a uh, single out uh, a favorite 90s song and or music video. Um, cool. It could be both. It could be either you know a song that I just love or it could be a music video that I love or it could be both that have... Uh, a great one, and I had Vern uh, pick uh, one as well, but I'm going to go first. Yep. Um, let me go okay. first. Um, my pick for this week uh, is going to be uh, kind of kind of a seasonal appropriate by the name and the music video. It's the Smashing Pumpkins' Ava Adore. Um, do, you remember this, do you remember this music video, Vern? I, it's been a long time since I watched it, but I do remember the song, and I do like the song. I do like the Smashing Pumpkins, yes. So, um, so the thing about the the video that I I love is first off, Billy Corgan looks like fucking Nosferatu. Uh, he's just like super all pale and goth and wearing black, and he's got like black eyeliner. And the rest of the band like is all pale and wearing like weird like capes and stuff. And they're uh, the whole video is just them like walking through these different scenes of things happening in the background. So it starts off with them like in a mental institution. There's people like in straight jackets in the background. Then they go to like a like a stark white room with just people with shaved heads and wearing white turtlenecks, and we don't know what's going on there. And then it goes to like this weird like 1830s like Victorian ball, uh, which then leads to like a 90s underground you know rave. Um, but then there's a point in the middle of the video where like the camera like turns and it's revealed that like everything's a set and we see like camera people and the track the camera is on and cables and whatnot as it goes to the other side of this like you know warehouse they're in like filming this video and then it just has the band continuing walking down this room with like other things and one of the things that you know is in the later part of the video is, they walk by a porno set being, uh, you know, a porno being filmed. And um, I remember when this aired on MTV, like, it was just all 
blurs. Like, you couldn't see anything. Like, it was just blur, blur, blur. Like, they just walked by it. And it was like, what the fuck's going on back there? And it wasn't until, like, years later when, like, the internet was a steady thing and you could watch videos on the oh. internet that you could so watch all so you, you, you got to see. Oh. Yeah. Oh. So it's on, it is on YouTube. If you look it up on YouTube, you can see I, the uncensored. I will have to watch, now, have to watch this later on. I mean, on. you don't see anything. Like, you don't see body, like, you know, boobs or anything. But, I mean, you see, like, thrusting, but that's about it. Um, but uh, then, yeah, then it just kind of continues. And the song is, like... I'm like a huge Smashing Pumpkins like fan. Good song. Probably because, you know, I'm from Chicago, they're from Chicago. And, you know, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness was one of my favorite albums when that came out in the late nineties. And this song was like one of my favorites. Like I loved I love this song to death. I don't um, think the song was on the Melancholy and Infinite Sadness, Ava you're Adore. Right. You're right, it was Ava. I'm sorry. Because I, that's how much I like Millie Collins and Sandin. No, I got that a, mixed up. It's it a was, great album. I mean, it was their album after that. That's right. I'm sorry. I got that mixed up. Yes, it was on a door. My bad. I apologize. I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I, that's cool. I fess up to it. Um, but anyway, yeah. So Ava Adore's my pick. What's yours, Vern? Okay. Well, I wasn't quite sure if I was going to go for Am I doing video or, or song? You pick one. Oh, you can do whatever. I mean, you uh, do. You know, I did a video, so you can do a music video. Okay, so my music video I pick is one that I think is one of the best shot music videos of the '90s, maybe of all time, even. And that is the Spice Girls "Wannabe." <laughs> yes, <laughs> tell you that okay. that video is brilliant because it's all done in one take. Yeah, like yeah. It took uh, insp- well, basically, it took insp- inspiration from Alfred Hitchcock's Rope, and I'm pretty sure that um, right. <laughs> the filmmakers of Birdman or uh... the Unspecified Versus Vengeance took inspiration from the Space Girls video because the camera is set at a you know the camera shows a bus pulling in, and the Spice Girls come out, uh, ginger, posh, scary. Sporty baby, and I'm yeah, the ginger. You got yeah. It. <laughs> okay, so they all come out of the bus, and the camera follows the Spice Girls into this posh hotel, and they go. They start singing the song, you know what? Yo, what time? What I want? What I really, really want? So tell me what you want. What you really, really want? And they're doing the whole dance moves, but the camera just—it never cuts. I actually watched the video really closely and the camera just follows them up the stairs and they it follows them into this posh dinner party where i think uh ginger gets on a table and then it zooms back over to some of the girls singing the lyric but it's all just done in one take it's just it's going through all the different rooms and everything and it doesn't seem like there's a single cut in the video, it is absolutely brilliant on a technical level where it's all kind of done in one shot. And I know they've done stuff like this before, like the opening of La La Land. They did that all in like one shot. Yeah. And they did this movie in all one shot. And just for that alone is why I want to discuss it because it is a technically brilliant video to do a whole video in just one take. Yeah. And, to be, and it looks like it was probably all choreographed to have actors in the Layton in just one scene and yeah 
that's all I can say. I, I can't really just, it's basically <laughs> the Spice Girls in a hotel. They sing a song, they dance with some old people, and then they leave out, and then they hop onto a bus, and they wave goodbye. It was their first big hit. Yes. Okay. All right. I watched Spice, I, I watched Spice World recently, and I reviewed that about the five reasons. I remember you doing that. I remember you doing yes. that. Yes. It's actually not that bad. I remember – now, I've only seen it the one time, and I saw it when it was first released on video back you know, in the 90s, whenever year that was. Yeah. Um, but I remember like thinking it wasn't that bad. It was actually kind of pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I, I, I kind of like you know when things make fun of themselves, and they were pretty much making fun of themselves like the whole time. Yeah. And it was like very like meta, and they knew they were in a movie kinda. And mm-hmm. my favorite part had to be the uh, the bus jump scene. <laughs> yes, yes, the toy train race, the yep. toy bus come up there. Yeah, Google, uh, Google that scene, folks, because it's basically they're trying to st- they're trying to jump a bus over like I think like the London Bridge. Yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah, yeah. for it. But the bus actually does jump and it turns into a toy car. <laughs> yeah. Very cheap effects. It was great. It was awesome. So, all right. So those are our favorite '90s uh, songs and music videos for the week. creepy here shall we it's okay. uh we're about a week away from halloween as the time of this recording and um i wanted to do something really creepy and spooky uh so uh Vern, i'm gonna have you go first on this one um so what was the urban legend or whatever you want to call it um that I, I had you bring okay so this one is uh how do i explain this this is actually a story that was told to me from my mom and my dad when they came to visit me not too long ago. Um, apparently, in the town of Winona, Minnesota, where I was born and raised through most of my days, okay. um, 
Nice. Some bunch of B-boys in the neighborhood. No, no, that was okay. not my urban no. legend. All right, no, but I used to live in a small town called Winona, Minnesota, and at the time, uh, my dad had a record store, okay. and he had a record store in the 70s, probably from the year I was born to about the time I was maybe seven or eight. Okay. And the head of the business of commerce, there was like this president of the business of commerce, um, he used to come into my dad's store all the time, and my dad and my mom and him and his wife used to go out to have dinner, and they've been at yeah. over each other's houses and everything like really? that. Really? Okay. And, okay, but here's the thing, is that um, one weekend, um, mm. his wife was murdered. Oh, like, so, okay. Yeah, someone, <laughs> bro- someone broke into their house while the husband and the kids were shopping for presents. Someone broke into the house and killed the wife like oh. point blank with a gun holy shit okay yeah and but the really so yeah every, every he's been you know he has been over at my folks house and i don't really remember too much of this because i was at a really young age and i just don't really remember the stuff happening uh but i found out and the parents I don't know why they never told me the story until years later, but they actually did tell me that um, it was actually all set up. Like the husband hired someone to kill the wife. What? Yeah, the husband actually hired a different another man to break into the home and to kill his wife because he had another girlfriend on the side and he wanted to get. Uh, the alimony payments of his wife's death and her life insurance. So that helped wow. be taken care of. And the way my folks tell me the story is that he got caught because he called up his girlfriend on the phone and just kind of admitted to everything on the phone line and also didn't make things better when he came back into town to pick her up and you know try to cast the chest right away, and that's all I really kind of know about the story. That's just why folks tell me. But the whole idea it was it kind of reminded me of that movie Fargo. Okay. Yeah. A guy yeah. you know had his wife kidnapped. Well, this guy actually had his wife killed. Also reminds me of a movie called Crimes and Misdemeanors. Okay. Yeah. With a Mandel, which kind of which also did the same thing as well. Uh, but yeah, just. Know the fact that my parents said that they were over at this guy's house and they knew about his wife and they felt bad for him and then to find out that he was the cause of her actual death was kind of creepy and strange and weird because they were actually over at the guy's house talking to him after the murder happened and you know, they <clears throat> yeah that's. It's right. not much of a legend story right yeah, there. That's it's, all... it's more of true crime, but you know what? I'll take it. <laughs> it's a true crime. All right. Yeah. That's sorry, fine. man. I, I, That's I, all right. Up with... I'm sorry. No, 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 no. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Okay. No, it's it, that, that was a good story, though. That was That's that's fucked up. That's that's yeah. severely fucked up. I mean. Look, Cameron there. Uh, basically, um, he's still in prison, uh, but he has, like, uh, admitted to the crime and everything, wow. and you know he's a for he he. I just why I make I think he's getting released soon, but oh, he's an old guy. Geez. I don't know. Yeah. 
All right. Wow. No, that was a good one. Okay. Uh, all right. Cool. So mine um, is actually <laughs> an urban legend, um, okay. only because uh, it's hard to prove if anything I'm about to tell you actually happened. Um, so I'm going to tell you, and here's what makes this really creepy. <clears throat> I'm going to tell you a story about a little town called Joppa, Indiana. <clears throat> now, uh, here's what makes this really creepy. Wait, can I add creepy music to this? Is that helping you out? No, not not really. I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um, I like the I like the I like the effort. <laughs> I like the... <laughs> All right. Spooky. You know what, Vern? You should do one of those like Halloween tapes that they make out for every Halloween <laughs> that they play outside for during trick or treat. You should just totally just do that. <laughs> I'm making spooky sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and then you especially have to say, "I'm making spooky sounds" on the tape as well. <laughs> like that, that just sells it. That just completely it right. sells it. Right. <laughs> like it's just a bunch of these like chains rattling and ghost noises it's and wind. chains rattle, 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 rattle. <laughs> and then it's just this guy coming in saying, "I'm making spooky sounds." <laughs> oh God! Okay, all right. Tell me the story, man. Tell me the story. Right. Okay. So okay, so this town is called Joppa, Indiana. J O P P A. And here's what's creepy about it. This town is literally 20 minutes away from where I live. So everything I'm about to tell you is stuff that, again, has not been 100% proven true. Um, but there's something weird happening. So um, first off, I'm going to read to you a, um article that was in, of all things... People Magazine back in 1988. <clears throat> and I'm going to paraphrase everything. I'm not going to read this whole thing. It's it's very lengthy. But basically, um, there was a cop, and I love the fact this guy's name is Lieutenant Michael Nelson. Which, Mike Nelson. If you're a fan of yes. Mystery Science Theater 3000, that's just hilarious. Yes. So we have a lieutenant uh, named Michael Nelson. Uh, he's 39 years old. He's a churchgoer and family man, and he drove the backwoods in an unmarked police car, scanning isolated churches and abandoned graveyards. He is looking for satanic ceremonies, hoping to find a clue as to why bodies seem to be disappearing from this corner of rural Indiana even faster than working farms. So the story goes on to say that a bunch of bodies from this small town had just become missing from their grave. Uh, the people are dig someone's digging up all the bodies in this town, this small town, and the bodies just going missing. <clears throat> um, so this then leads to um the rumor that there's a church. Well, now okay, there is a church in this town. I've seen it. But there's a rumor that uh, this church is a church of Satan and for satanic rituals. And people 
say this because it's very out of the way. Like, it's still in the town of Joppa, but it's out of the way. And there's no markings on the church. There's no name of it. There's no, like, saying what kind of church it is, like Baptist or Catholic or whatever. It's just a building that looks like a church. And creepily enough, in the back of the church is a graveyard. So then now I'm going to take you to this guy who posted on Reddit. Um, it's the Reddit thread is called uh, No Sleep. Um, and it's titled, There's Something Evil Going On in Joppa, Indiana. <clears throat> now this is like a very lengthy story. So I'm not going to, again, I'm not going to read this whole thing. But the, the gist of it was this guy... Um, lived about where I lived in, you know, Indianapolis. And he heard about this, about all the satanic stuff happening in Joppa, Indiana. And he wanted to go see it for himself. And he decided to do this at night. Now, don't know why he wanted to do this at night. I guess to add to the creepy factor, I don't know. But he wanted to do this at night. So he told his friends, uh, so I'm going to this town. And no one wanted to go with him. So he wanted to say, hey, I'm going to this town. If something happens to me, send the cops to this town and look for me. And they're like, all right, fine. So he gets the coordinates for this church that I mentioned. Um, and he gets his GPS to take him there. While uh, when he goes past the sign that says Joppa, Indiana, it's not even a sign. It's a little like boulder off on the side of the road that just says Joppa. That's all it says. So that makes okay. it even more creepier. Yeah. All right. And so he goes past Joppa, like not even two minutes in the city of Joppa. He then sees a car ahead of him, a truck with their lights on coming right at him, like barreling Ooh. right at him. And um, it, uh, he swerves the truck, misses it, and he looks in the rearview mirror and he sees uh, hanging over the tailgate an all-black flag with a white upside-down cross on it. So the truck then turns around and starts following him. Um, and it kept stopping a few times, I guess, to make you know to make it not look like he's following um, this car or whatever. So the so the van is following the car. Yes. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. The guy is telling telling this tale. He he says this this truck is following him. The truck is following. Okay. Gotcha. Right. <clears throat> Um, and so, uh, he's just, he's just going down the street. Uh, he then decides, okay, fuck this. This truck is just freaking me out. He decides, uh, to leave. Now, thinking about all this, he, he decides to go back to Joppa the next day, but he decides to go back in the middle of the day where it's a little more safer, he says. Um, and he doesn't see anybody like the town is like. A ghost town and there's nobody like outside in their house and there's no like no movement like it's creepy he does see um not too far from where he the past the the joppa boulder as i'll call it uh he did see uh some graffiti on the side of the road that spells out the enforcer and so he this guy speculates that the truck that he saw the night before was the enforcer and his whole job is to just sit there parked with the lights off and if anyone comes into town at this night he's gonna turn his truck on and then scare the people out of out of uh 
the city or the town. Okay, rather. sure. All right. <clears throat> All right, and I'm going to part two of the story here. That was the basic gist of part one. Okay, so um, it is now later that night, and um, he goes back to the church, and he does not see the truck this time. The truck's like nowhere to be found. He doesn't know where the truck is. Um, he finds the church. Um, as he he gets out of his car and he's looking around the church, he hears and he hears a noise off in the distance. And he quickly hides. Uh, he's trying to figure out where the noise is coming from. And it's coming from the woods behind the church. Curiosity gets the best of him. And he decides to crawl to the back of the church to see if he can see what's going on. Uh, in the distance, uh, right in the edge line of the woods, was a bonfire. And he swears the bonfire wasn't there when he pulled up. Forming a line around the fire, there was about 12 figures dressed head to toe in in uh, dark robes, and they were all facing towards a church with their heads bowed and whistling uh, a tune that he couldn't make out. Uh, he then started to <laughs> – he got creeped out, and he started to back go back towards his car. Um, when he went to his car, he found out it was missing. Oh, so now he's completely Damn. freaked out and yeah, he, he decides to just run. He's just running now. And for some, he's just, he's just caught up in the heat of the moment that he doesn't think very clearly. And he's going to these random houses and he does, he, he's thinking to himself, like he thought later, why did he do this? But at the time he was just trying to get help or just see another human being. Uh, he starts screaming for help, and a light comes on. Uh, and he 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 looks back, and he sees he wants to see if the group at the church noticed him. Um, as he's uh uh knocking on the door asking for help, he looks at the driveway of the car, and he spots the same truck that chased him the night before, parked at this house. Oh <laughs> yes. Oh, so he okay. decides. Okay, fuck this. I don't want to meet this guy. He he bolts. So he's just running down the road and he's trying to just get somewhere. But now here's the thing about this town. This is like literal farmland. Like if you look this up on Google Earth, like I did, um, there's just like farm, like houses, like barns and like crops of like wheat and corn like everywhere that's the whole town and then there's this church that's like right in the middle of this field that's out of nowhere that's where this church is is happening <clears throat> so he decides he's he's running and um he decides to uh run into the corn stalks to just try to get away because he he thinks he sees someone chasing after him um as he sees that, he hears a menacing giggle and the whistling of that song that he heard at the church. So now he doesn't know what's going on. So Wait. he's just running now. He's just trying to run for his life. Why would he run to a cornfield? That's like the last place you want to do. So let me go to part three here. There's only – I think there's only these three parts here. Oh, there's part four. I'm sorry. Okay. So uh, he then decides to – uh, he finds a abandoned car, and he notices the truck is open. The trunk, the trunk is open, so he hides in the trunk. While he's hiding in the trunk, he then hears footsteps approaching, and it sounds like a lot of people. 
the footsteps come to a halt, and after a few moments of silence, um, the the uh, he hears a deep voice speaking in a language he's never heard before, and it sounds like a chant. Suddenly, multiple voices chimed in, and there has to be about twenty of them surrounding this car that he that the, this dude is locked in. And now he's thinking, "Oh crap, I'm about to die tonight." <clears throat> but all they do is just kind of stand around this car and chant, whistle this song he doesn't recognize, and they do the sinister la- uh, laughing. Um, and then all of a sudden, everything went quiet, and it's just dead silence. And he's too scared to get out, and so he's just staying in the trunk until he notices sunlight. Mm-hmm. And so he realizes a few hours have gone by, and he looks down at his phone, which he says he couldn't get to work because he's out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And it was 6.47 in the morning. Um, He gets out of the trunk, and he doesn't see anybody, but he does notice a foul odor. Looking down the dirt below, he was greeted by a small pentagram that was drawn into the ground. Surrounding it was a dead and mutilated squirrel, raccoon, and rabbit. Um, that was uh, that was uh, the smell he was noticing was was that smell. Um, <clears throat> they also he also did notice that on the trunk where he was hiding, they scratched an upside down cross onto it. Uh, he then uh gets out of the town. Now, the town's very small, so he actually manages to leave the town on foot, and he goes to a nearby town called Mooresville, um, where uh, he goes to the police, and he reports his car missing. He tells the cops, you know, what the the make, model, and uh, the plate number was, and they ask, uh, you know, where was the last page you had the car? And then he says, I left it in Joppa. The cop's face turns a pale shade and his body language completely changes. He begins to lecture this guy about how the town is unincorporated and the cop has no bu- or the guy rather has no business being there. Um, and the guy couldn't agree. Um, you know, I mean he agreed. You know, he said he shouldn't have been in this town. So the cop gives him a ride home and um and has uh they were pulling into the guy's driveway at home back in Indianapolis. He notices a lot more roadkill in the street in front of his house. And he would probably not think anything of it because, honestly, if you do live here in Indianapolis, there's a lot of roadkill on the side of the street of, like, raccoons and possums and stuff like that. So it's it's not that um, out of the ordinary. But he, he, he couldn't help but notice it this time because of the dead animals in front of the car he was hiding. Um. So he gets a phone call a few hours later and said that they found his car just outside of uh, Joppa. Uh, they have an officer come and uh, take him to where the car was to see if the you know anything was missing. Um, they they go to the car and the cop you know it's the guy's car and the cop says you need to stay out of Joppa don't go there, and the guy's like yeah no fuck that I ain't going back there ever again, and that's the story. So. Again, this well, is all. Well, dude, dude, <laughs> I, I gotta say some things here, okay? Uh, all right, I got a little bit more, but go all... ahead. <laughs> okay, no, 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 finish it, finish it, because I got something to say okay. when you're done. All right. Well, um, uh, I mean, there's only just a few more things. So there, there is another website, uh, that's called uh, onlyinyourstate.com, where if you look up Indiana, uh, there is a th- an article called "The Tiny Town in Indiana with the Creepy 
with a terribly creepy past. And there's pictures on this website of the church that the 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 guy was at. And if you you look at the pictures, there's it's like a it's just a building. It looks like a church. Um, it's it's shaped like a church, but there's no signs right. whatsoever. Doesn't say the name of it. Doesn't say you know we're a Baptist church, we're Presbyterian, we're whatever. It says nothing about it. Um, right. And uh, then there's some pictures of the cemetery nearby. So I just wanted to take a picture of that and make mention of that. Um, and then um, there are there's another website, and I don't know how to say this website. It's called the the Drao Journals D R A O I. Um, if you just Google Joppa, Indiana, this is one of the things that comes up. Um, there's pictures of all this graffiti on the ground. And one of them, I swear to God, is like the like Illuminati symbol with the triangle. Okay. <laughs> Which is really weird. Um, <clears throat> and then this guy went into the town during the daytime, and he noticed that there were cars outside of the church. And so he was torn as to whether, like, should he hang around and see who's in this church or come out. And he decided not to because he was kind of creeped out. But he took a picture of these cards outside this church to show that this church is being used. And the last thing I want to mention, and then I'll let you say what you got to say, is if you go to the Wikipedia page for Joppa, Indiana, this is literally what it says. Joppa is an unincorporated community in Guilford Township, Hendricks County, Indiana. A post office was established at Joppa in 1880 and remained in operation until it was discontinued in 1903. The community was named after Joppa or Jaffa in Israel. That's the whole Wikipedia <laughs> entry oh, on okay. the town. <laughs> you know, I, I'm I'm one of those people that if if I just saw people like chanting or whatever, if I had to go pee, I'm like, fuck this, all right, I'm up. <laughs> Let's rock and roll, bitches. What we got? What's going on? Because, all right, so I have a few friends of mine who actually belong to – have you seen the movie Hail Satan? No. Oh, you got to see that movie. <clears throat> okay. It's really good. It's all about, you know, the Church of Satan and – um. A uh, few of uh, my friends that I know actually belong to that church, and they actually are really nice people. They do a lot, a lot of great things for the community about uh, handing out things to the poor and doing ice cream socials. Yeah, um, their whole thing is to separate uh, church from state. Uh-huh. That's their whole thing. They're not, you know, evil and want to sacrifice children or anything like that. They just want to say that. Um, Christianity should not have its place in making laws. Uh-huh. And that's what they're all about. So they're actually doing a lot of great things to the community. Uh, the documentary is on Hulu. If you have Hulu, it's called Hail Satan. I do. Really well done. I highly recommend checking it out. So I just imagine, too, be the fact that uh, a few of my friends who belong to that organization, I, I just imagine how they would feel about the story. And I know they won't take offense to it, though, because, you know, I mean, why? They're not that type of people at all but <laughs> okay it's really about it too like a church of satanist or supposed satanist and um 
Yeah, if I saw some, if, first of all, if I saw some car follow me like really close right there, I do teach that. I'm, I'm that type of asshole that will probably get killed in a horror film. So I would probably <laughs> just stop my car. It's like, what the fuck? All right, come out here. Just fucking talk to me. And then my, my throat slits and everything. But So uh, you want to hear something really creepy? If I saw, if I saw, a, if I saw a bonfire and people like chanting around there and my car's missing, that's, that's also <sighs> – could he hear his car get started or something like that? Like, I don't know. I mean, you know, that's, that's, this is not that's now. Uh, yeah, again, I'm saying this. This is this is supposed to be an urban legend. Urban legends urban are legend. are it's things. Urban legends are things that may or may not be true, or they could just be you know completely bullshit. They're just stories made yeah. to scare you, and this it's, is one it's of a them. Good story. Yeah. Um. But I. I, and I okay. I'm being 100 percent honest here. I'm not bullshitting about this. I'm not making this up. I did not do this. I, I, I promise you what I'm about to say right now is real. I did not do it, I swear. I did not hit her. Has I has I was telling you that story. Okay, so little backstory before I tell you this part. So I play board games and yeah. um I like dice. One of my th- favorite things is rolling dice in board games. And so at Gen Con, which is a board gaming convention that happens here in Indianapolis, they sell dice individually you can buy dice for like 50 cents each or you can get like a whole bag for like a dollar or something like that and so they the when these booths had these blue dice where in place of the of the of the one the number one it says dope on it dope. and okay. i and i thought they were cool dice i, I you know yeah. i thought that was funny so i bought two of them all right now i have this third black dice that i found in my hallway like a couple of months ago <laughs> And so I bought it in. And so I have these dice at my desk. And whenever I'm doing something, either podcasting or writing or reading or watching videos, I had the dice like with me at my keyboard. And I either roll them just to just to, like a nervous tick or I just kind of rolled like the, like the dice in my hands and just have the numbers, you know, float around. Right. So as I'm telling you this story, I'm doing this with the dice like, you know, and then I st- take my hand away as I'm finishing up and letting you say what you had to say, I look down, and it's literally 666 on the dice. I am not bullshitting you. I swear to God that happened. I swear that happened. (laughs) Man. That's, uh... All right. Yeah, so... That's a little creepy, though. Um... See, that's why you gotta be good on both sides there, buddy. You know, you gotta be good at both, uh, you know, Jesus and, you know, Beelzebub. You gotta be good on both sides right there. So whatever happens, you know, you're taken care of. See, I I, I right. made sure to appease my um, my saintly father and my so dark underworld father as well. I can't think of a better place to stop. So that is going to do it for this episode. So, uh, yeah, so that was episode one of uh, Whatever with Jason Soto. Uh, next week, uh, I'm going to have Heather Baxendale Walsh on, and we are going to be talking about all the goddamn streaming services that seem to be popping up. And we're going to go over our favorite conspiracy theories because, again, Halloween, ooh. Uh, so yeah, whatever with Jason Soto is hosted by me, Jason Soto, and I can be found on Twitter at CineGamerJason. Uh, my name's going to be changing soon on Twitter, so look out for that. Uh, or if you want to contact me a little more directly, you can email me at whateverjasonsoto at gmail.com. 
My special co-host this week was The Vern from Cinema Recall. Uh, you can find him on Twitter at Cinema underscore Recall. Vern, thank you so much for coming on my uh, inaugural show. You were an awesome guest. Hey, hey it's Jason. No problem. Uh, hopefully you'll be on one of my podcasts, my Cinema Recall podcast, hopefully. Sure. Maybe. Sweet. Because, yeah, very cool. I, I want to – I'll talk to you about off the air but i'm gonna set something up for maybe december yeah all right cool uh so this podcast can be found on podomatic spotify and anywhere else you get podcasts from with the exception of that creepy corner store down the street from you you know the one that sells the expired spam and playboy for parrots Uh, playboy for parrots yeah don't ask uh the opening and closing music uh is battle of who could care less by ben folds five off their album, Whatever and Ever, Amen. Now, people are going to say to me, Jason, song. there's a song by the band Godsmack that's literally called Whatever. Why do you not use that song? Now, the reason I didn't go with that is two reasons. Because it's Godsmack. Well, no, I have no, th- I have no problem against Godsmack. I like I like the song. I, lo- I love the song. Um, but here's my two reasons. One, um... They do not say the word whatever in the song, like anywhere in the song. And two, the actual lyrics, as much as I love the song, are very negative. Because it's about, you know, like, you know, get away from me and just go away and stuff like that. And I don't want to have that kind of vibe for this podcast. I want to be welcoming and want people to listen. And I want to get. (laughs) Just go away. Yeah. Yeah, I don't want that. I don't want that to be the theme song to this podcast. So I went with uh, Ben Folds. <laughs> I went with Ben Folds 5 who's a little more friendlier and um, I love the song Battle of Good Care Less it's one of my favorite Ben Folds slash Ben Folds 5 songs uh, so I wanted to use that uh, however I do not own this song nor do I exactly have permission to use it but I do have fair use on my side as I'm not making any money off of it oh. so if someone wants to pay There's me at- what? No, there's a song called "It's Not From Godsmack, Whatever." I'll send the link for it, but I can't really explain how it goes. It, you, I, 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 I gotta find the song for you. Brain thinking about stuff, but finish your outro. But I got something to send to you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, uh, what was I saying? Oh, so I don't own the song, nor do I exactly have permission, but I do have fair use to it. As I'm not making any money from this podcast. But if someone wants to pay me to do this podcast, I can come up with an original song or just pay someone to cover it. Uh, So that's going to be it for this episode. So don't forget what I always say. Keep your head in the clouds and your feet in the mud. Good night. Whatever.